Decades of studies from respected academic institutions have demonstrated significant impacts of porn consumption for individuals, relationships, and society. Our Get the Facts resource features 15 articles that summarize relevant research on a specific topic surrounding porn's harms to help you be more informed and more empowered with the facts. Read all 15 Get the Facts articles at ftnd.org forward slash get the facts. That's ftnd.org forward slash get the facts. My name is Garrett Johnson, and you're listening to Consider Before Consuming, a podcast by Fight the New Drug. And in case you're new here, Fight the New Drug is a non-religious and non-legislative organization that exists to provide individuals the opportunity to make an informed decision regarding pornography by raising awareness on its harmful effects using only science, facts, and personal accounts. During these episodes, we cover a wide variety of topics that may be triggering to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to part 11 of our Get the Facts series, where we explore the research on a specific topic surrounding porn's harms on individuals, relationships, and society to help you be more informed and empowered with the facts. Today's episode is how the porn industry profits from non-consensual content and abuse. You can find the sources to the claims made in this episode or read along at ftnd.org forward slash get the facts. Now, let's get to the episode. Serena Fletes was a completely normal 14-year-old, focused on school and crushes. So when her crush asked her to send him naked videos of herself, she did, never expecting they would end up on several of the world's most popular porn sites. When kids at her school started bullying and calling her a slut, the horrifying realization set in. The videos had been shared, and she had no control over their spread. One of the videos, which had been posted to Pornhub, reportedly had hundreds of thousands of views. Overwhelmed and in agony, Serena twice tried to take her own life. And unfortunately, she's not the only one. Serena's story is not an isolated incident. The unfortunate truth is that the porn industry has an extensive history of profiting from non-consensual content and abuse often ignoring victims' pleas to remove abusive content. Porn is a powerful, multi-billion dollar industry. Three porn sites, Xvideos, XNXX, and Pornhub, all rank among the top 20 most trafficked websites in the world. And while Pornhub has received the most scrutiny as of late, it's important to remember that virtually every major porn site has had issues with non-consensual content and abuse. It's no wonder, then, that the victims feel powerless when confronting such a powerful industry. Mainstream porn performers can also be abused or taken advantage of in the industry with their abusers facing little to no repercussions. However, as more people begin to recognize the exploitative nature of the porn industry, many are calling for greater accountability and transparency. But is there a viable way to completely guarantee that the porn you're watching is truly consensual and abuse-free? Well, let's discuss. First, let's talk about consent. Although the legal definition varies based on location and specific circumstances, sexual consent generally refers to a communicated, informed, mutual agreement to engage in sexual activity that can be revoked at any time. 
Meaningful sexual consent cannot be given by anyone who is underage, intoxicated, coarse, tricked, forced, or otherwise incapacitated. These same principles apply when it comes to sharing sexually intimate content. Image-based abuse and non-consensual pornography, sometimes called revenge porn, largely refer to incidents where intimate images are taken or shared, or threatened to be shared, without consent. Non-consensual pornography can also include incidents of individuals being coerced into producing explicit content. Disturbingly, an estimated 1 in 12 U.S. adults report that they have been victims of image-based abuse. And even more disturbingly, 1 in 20 report that they have been perpetrators of image-based abuse. Child sexual abuse material, abbreviated to CSAM and sometimes called child pornography, refers to any sexually explicit image of a minor, even if the minor consented. Because minors are not legally capable of giving meaningful consent, any sexually intimate image of a minor is legally considered child pornography. According to one study, approximately 1 in 5 girls and 1 in 10 boys aged 13 to 17 report sharing their own nudes. While 40% of these minors agreed that sending nudes is normal, this study also revealed that 1 in 3 underage teens report having seen non-consensually shared nudes of other minors, in other words, CSAM. In fact, over 90% of police officers report that self-generated CSAM is common in their investigations of child pornography. Unfortunately, image-based abuse, non-consensual pornography, and child sexual abuse material are increasingly common issues on porn sites, which is especially concerning considering that many victims of image-based abuse experience severe and disruptive mental health effects, including PTSD, anxiety, and depression. As an interesting yet tragic side note, longitudinal research shows that porn consumers report a greater willingness to share sexts without consent. But isn't content created by official porn production companies and uploaded to well-known mainstream sites more reliably consensual? In an effort to soothe consumers' worries about non-consensual content and absolve the producers of liability, some porn production companies film exit interviews, where the performers confirm they consented to everything that was filmed. But even these supposed confirmations of consent have proven to be deeply problematic. While exit interviews are presumably filmed after production has wrapped up, they are often filmed before the performers are paid. Even if they've already been paid, the guarantee that they'll be booked for future jobs in the industry often depends on not being difficult or saying something they experienced was abusive since production companies cannot use the footage if a performer states that they were assaulted or abused. With their paychecks and careers hanging over the performers' heads and surrounded by a production crew, it is not uncommon for porn performers to lie in their exit interviews. As one performer put it, and I quote, I was severely abused on set a few times and had to say on camera at the end that I was fine. In fact, one time I said, no, I am not okay, and they screamed at me that I couldn't say that and get paid. End quote. One common argument in defense of porn is that professional performers are all consenting adults who love their jobs. But unfortunately, that is virtually impossible to guarantee. 
in the porn industry, the lines between abuse and consent are so blurred that there's no viable way to tell the difference. Performers can be coerced into participating and into lying about their experiences on set, and consumers wouldn't necessarily be able to tell the difference even if they were watching something non-consensual. Is it any wonder that if a performer has already been abused or pushed too far during filming, they might be afraid of inciting further abuse or industry scorn by speaking out? Then, of course, there's the issue of the freedom to revoke consent even if it's already been given. Another performer described her experience of being whipped and canned for 35 minutes on set, saying, and I quote, I've never received a beating like that before in my life. I have permanent scars up and down the backs of my thighs. It was all things that I had consented to, but I didn't quite know the brutality of what was about to happen to me until I was in it. End quote. Did you catch what she said there? It was all things that she had consented to. That's the problem with treating consent like it's all or nothing. She consented to do X. She didn't consent to do X, Y, and Z. This is important. True consent can be withdrawn at any moment, yet many performers are required to sign contracts prior to the actual shooting, making it incredibly difficult to revoke consent even if the situation becomes uncomfortable or dangerous. Is a yes truly valid if no is not a safe option? The fact that they won't be paid or their industry reputation will be damaged if they do revoke consent in the middle of a scene is an element of coercion that invalidates their consent in the first place, and could even be legally defined as a form of sex trafficking. Unfortunately, abuse in the porn industry is incredibly pervasive, and when you look closely, you find that there is virtually no formal system for reporting and addressing that abuse in a way that holds abusers accountable while keeping performers safe. What's worse, those who do publicly report or speak out about abuse are often blacklisted, threatened, dismissed, or further abused. Plus, many performers struggle to find work outside of the porn industry due to the stigma of being a former porn performer. Performers are punished inside of and outside of the industry, the accused perpetrators walk free, and the cycle continues. Of course, we're not claiming that all porn contains abusive or non-consensual content. But in order for consumers to make informed decisions regarding porn, we think it's important to point out that some pornographic content is not consensual, and it's virtually impossible to guarantee which is which. In addition to porn production companies, most porn sites do not verify the age or consent of individuals who appear in the images and or videos posted to their sites. Not only is there virtually no standard system in place to confirm that all participants gave their consent and are of legal age, but even on the most popular porn sites, guaranteeing age and consent are not necessarily prerequisites to becoming a verified user. Even on sites who do verify users and allow those users to upload content, many often only require the account owner to verify their identity and don't require age or consent verification for the individuals depicted in the content. That means that virtually anyone can post anything, including image-based abuse. In fact, there have been many documented cases of verified accounts posting non-consensual content, child sexual abuse material, or content made of sex trafficking victims. There have been many public reports of underage content on popular porn sites, 
though there are certainly more that haven't been publicly reported. One 15-year-old victim, for example, had been missing for a year before she was spotted in a number of videos on a popular porn site. And yes, the account that posted the videos had been verified. In another incident, a young woman had to contact the police in order to get videos of her as a 16-year-old removed from a verified account on a popular porn site. And, as another example, videos of 14-year-old Rose Kalemba's assault were uploaded to Pornhub after being raped at knife point. She explains, and I quote, I sent Pornhub emails, begging. I pleaded with them. I wrote, please, I'm a minor. This was assault. Please take it down. End quote. Pornhub apparently never responded. That is, until Rose got the idea to set up a new email and pose as a lawyer, threatening legal action. Once she did, the videos were reportedly removed within 48 hours. Countless others have had intimate images of them shared on porn sites without their consent. Many are not even aware that images of them have been recorded, let alone shared. In fact, research indicates that hidden cam videos are a common theme on porn sites, often exploiting real victims who had no idea they were being filmed or photographed. These events often cause lifelong negative impacts for those who experience it. According to one survey of non-consensual pornography victims, 51% reported having suicidal thoughts due to the image-based abuse, and 93% reported experiencing severe emotional distress. Another deeply troubling trend in the world of pornography is deepfake porn. Explicit videos, which are digitally manipulated to include someone else's face or voice. Deepfake videos can be made of anyone whose photos are accessible. And while most deepfake porn videos portray well-known celebrities, they can also be made using images of everyday people. One report shows that hundreds of deepfake videos are uploaded to porn sites each month and receive millions of views. Yet it is incredibly rare that these videos are made consensually. Despite the fact that non-consensual deepfake porn is a form of image-based abuse, many porn sites have been known to advertise which celebrity names were most searched on their sites throughout the year. And these names regularly coincide with non-consensual deepfake porn. In December 2020, due to the remarkable groundwork laid by survivors and activists, a New York Times expose of Montreal-based MindGeek, Pornhub's parent company, which owns a number of popular porn sites, attracted international attention to the rampant issue of abuse in the porn industry. In light of the expose, major credit card companies announced that they would suspend all payment processing on MindGeek sites, and the Canadian House of Commons Ethics Committee launched an investigation into MindGeek. Despite their reported history of ignoring victims and profiting from abusive content, after the New York Times article was published, Pornhub suddenly jumped into action by announcing increased moderation efforts, major changes to their verification process, and deleting all unverified content, nearly 80% of the site. Despite years of survivors and advocates petitioning for change to Pornhub's business model that seemingly allowed anyone to upload anything to the porn platform, even abusive content, it wasn't until payment processing companies took action that MindGeek announced these major changes. 
MindGeek maintains that it has always been dedicated to safety and abuse prevention, yet it appears that MindGeek made no effort to report any instances of CSAM to proper authorities before the public backlash against them began. While these dramatic changes are a step in the right direction, it remains unclear whether they will actually work to prevent and remove abusive content from being available on their sites. What is clear is that many survivors and advocates feel this is too little too late. It's also important to note that while Pornhub has made these recent changes to its site, it is unclear whether MindGeek is extending these security protocols to every site subsidiary they own, and most porn sites remain unchanged. Verified identities, ages, and consent of performers or individuals portrayed in videos on porn sites remains a rarity, in the mainstream porn industry. And it doesn't always work. Many pro-porn advocates who recognize the harms and dangers of the mainstream porn industry and mainstream sites now advocate for porn consumers to get their content from alternative sites that put more control in the content creator's hands. But no site is perfect, unfortunately, and many non-mainstream porn platforms still can have underage or abusive content. One example of a non-mainstream site that many porn advocates tout as a solution to the issues of non-consensual content is OnlyFans. And while OnlyFans takes more precautions than many other sites, it is still not exempt from these issues. Despite being advertised as an ethical alternative to porn tube sites, OnlyFans has also been found to host child sexual abuse material and non-consensual content. OnlyFans claims to have a robust system for preventing abusive content, including verifying content creators' age. Yet, an investigation by the BBC reveals that OnlyFans' age verification process has not been able to efficiently prevent child pornography from being uploaded to the site. Many underage creators have been found to use fake identification to create an account on OnlyFans, with one 14-year-old even using her grandmother's passport. And, regardless, OnlyFans does not require uploaders to verify the age or consent of all participants, only the account owner, which means that non-consensual content can be easily uploaded to the platform. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, that's not the porn site's fault. They can't monitor everything uploaded to their sites. But Pornhub, for example, has repeatedly stated, and I quote, Upon upload, every video and photo is reviewed manually by a large and extensive team of moderators looking for illegal content, end quote. Of course, it can be difficult for anyone to determine whether a performer is 17 or 18, or whether they're acting the part, or whether the abuse is real. But this statement from Pornhub is particularly concerning, considering that there have been reports of child sexual abuse involving small children in some cases, toddlers, still wearing diapers, being uploaded to porn sites and monetized with ads. Which brings us to content moderation. Clearly, there is a lot of non-consensual material hosted on porn sites. So, what is the porn industry doing about it? While most major porn sites claim to be committed to eradicating non-consensual content from their platforms, their real-life response to the epidemic of image-based abuse is underwhelming. Many porn sites claim to use state-of-the-art technology to fingerprint non-consensual videos upon removal, 
which theoretically prevents them from being re-uploaded. But according to an investigation by Motherboard, these minimal efforts don't work. Even if these technologies worked perfectly, it still relies on victims to find and report the content rather than preventing non-consensual content in the first place. Porn sites often hire content moderators who are able to review flagged content to determine whether or not it should be removed from the site. However, these content moderation teams are often very small and given very little support. One popular porn site, for example, relies on a team of volunteers, some of whom are self-described porn addicts, whose entire moderation training comes from a 480-word manual and who are told to only remove content that they are 100% sure is illegal. According to one content moderator for MindGeek, the porn giant employs an estimated 80 content moderators across all its sites. Keep in mind that this is the same company that claimed its moderators manually reviewed every single video upon upload, yet also claimed around the same time that one of its sites received 169 years worth of new content in one year. That would make it literally impossible for content moderators to properly review all new content on one site alone let alone respond quickly and appropriately to any reports of abusive content already uploaded to all of MindGeek's platforms. Regardless, these minimally trained and shockingly small content moderation teams clearly do very little to rid these sites of illegal content, as evidenced by the rampant image-based abuse and CSAM that have existed on mainstream porn tube sites. In 2020, 22 women won a legal battle against the owners of Girls Do Porn, a widely popular porn production company that sex-trafficked young women, allegedly hundreds of them, into porn. They were collectively awarded $12.8 million in damages, and the owners were charged with federal counts of sex trafficking and forced to delete their flagship site. Porn tube sites, however continued to profit from the footage of the sex-trafficking victims being raped on camera. Even after some porn sites deleted their official and verified Girls Do Porn channels, they continued hosting the videos across their site. Some were flagged and deleted, but most were re-uploaded. Even more distressing is the fact that the victims of Girls Do Porn had been contacting these porn sites for years, begging them to remove the videos of their rape. These sites ignored the victims' pleadings to remove abusive content for months and years. Only when potential legal obstacles appeared did they spring into action. And even then, it's a game of whack-a-mole for the survivors to report new re-uploads of their videos from users who downloaded them from popular porn tube sites. One survivor told us that she receives a fresh wave of harassment and threats every couple of weeks when the video of her being raped is re-uploaded to a porn site along with her personal information. And I quote, I'm sure most of those viewers were not aware that by watching the videos they were participating in human trafficking, assault, and rape. End quote. So how can you know whether the porn you're watching is truly consensual? Well, the unfortunate truth is that in the porn industry, there is no guarantee. It is virtually impossible to know whether any particular content is consensual, ethical, or even legal. At the end of the day, is it worth it? 
Is it worth contributing to the demand that keeps afloat an industry that profits from non-consensual content? Is it worth the possibility of contributing to someone's exploitation or re-traumatization? For the sake of victims, we say it's time to stop the demand. For those listening who feel they are struggling with pornography, you're not alone. Check out Fortify, a science-based recovery platform dedicated to helping you find lasting freedom from pornography. Fortify now offers a free experience for both teens and adults. Connect with others, learn about your unwanted porn habit, and track your recovery journey. There is hope. If you've enjoyed listening to Consider Before Consuming, consider making a one-time or recurring donation to support the podcast. Your contribution, whatever the amount, helps support our efforts to educate individuals on the impacts of pornography. Help keep this podcast going by donating to Consider Before Consuming today at ftnd.org forward slash support. That's ftnd.org forward slash support. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Consider Before Consuming. Consider Before Consuming is brought to you by Fight the New Drug. Fight the New Drug is a non-religious and non-legislative organization that exists to provide individuals the opportunity to make an informed decision regarding pornography by raising awareness on its harmful effects using only science, facts, and personal accounts. If you've benefited from listening to Consider Before Consuming, consider subscribing and leaving a review. Again, Big thanks to you for listening to this episode. As you go about your day, we invite you to increase your self-awareness, look both ways, check your blind spots, and consider before consuming.